dedicated to HBO's Game of Thrones and George R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire book series. You're listening to Podcast Winterfell. All right, I am recording. Here we go. Welcome back, everyone, to Podcast Winterfell. We are here tonight to talk a little bit about trailers, news, and also our favorite picks for what we would like to see as GOT spinoffs. Before we get started, I do just want to remind you that you can reach us at podcastwinterfell at gmail.com. We are part of the DVR Podcast Network, so you can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. And you can also check out podcastwinterfell.com to find all of the old episodes and all the great stuff that Matt laid the foundation for us to take over on. And, you know, we miss that guy. We just want to say, Matt, if you're out there, we love you. And, and thanks for all the great work that you've done, wherever you are, wherever you're playing the keys, you know. We miss you. Uh, but we have uh, uh, two great people with us tonight, of course, is our my podcast Winterfell co-host, Tracy. Tracy, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Axel. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited. It's been a while since I've talked Game of Thrones. And we also have a special guest tonight. Uh, this is Tom. Tom, how are you doing? Oh, hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is fun. What uh, the... Wait a second. You sound just like Matt. I'm, I don't know who that guy is. Who are you talking about? Oh, my God. Matt, you tricked. Listen, man, I told you you could come back on the podcast. You didn't have to pretend that you were some dude named Tom. Uh, well, man, you know, I just wanted to make sure that I was going to be able to get back in. That's okay. All. You made it. All right. Well, <laughs> Matt's here with us. And as he said when he left, he was going to come back when he could. And he's already back. We're, this is fantastic. Tracy and I were going to do this podcast. I texted Matt to ask him a quick question, and he was available. So here he is. So we're going to break it down and get into it. It's awesome. We're here to talk some Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones. First, let's get into some news. Um, we have heard that uh, actually Nicholas Casterwalde. Uh, can anyone pronounce that better than me? Uh, Nicholas Custer Waldow. Okay. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate that. Uh, did an interview where he basically said that the uh, episodes going forth were going to have that same kind of fast, um, greatest hits is, I think, kind of what we called it at the end of last season vibe where Everybody's going to be using Littlefinger's teleporter. There's going to be time jumps, travel. They're they're just they're trying to get to the finish line here, and it's going to have that same pace. Now, when I heard this, I was pretty pleased with it because I liked the grand scope of what they did in the last couple of episodes last season. But I have seen some people worried that we're not going to get the depth that we've uh, got in the past. Tracy, when you heard about this or you hear about this idea, how does it strike you for the TV show? Honestly, uh, my first reaction was a little disappointment because I'm so used to having the 10 episodes and I'm feeling like, you know, I'm missing out on something. But 
then I remembered the show that I love on Netflix, Peaky Blinders. And those seasons are only six episodes. And it doesn't take away anything when the story is good and the acting is good. It's almost a, a pleasure that you're not wasting time. There's no filler episodes. You never feel like any dialogue is wasted. You never wonder why you went to this or that location or why you met somebody. Everything has a purpose. Cool, cool. Yeah, I like that's interesting that you see it that way. I, I like that. Uh, what do you think, Matt? How did that? How does it strike you? Well, I think everybody was disappointed by the shorter number of episodes. But in terms of what they're talking about in, as pace goes, um, for one thing, I guess we've developed these characters so much that maybe you know we don't need to spend that time continuing to develop them. Although I do want to, uh, hopefully they'll be able to economically develop them. That would be my only concern. On the other hand, the fact that they're having to do it this way tells me that they've got a lot of story they want to tell. And that makes me a lot really excited. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Well, good. We're not, we're not too, none of us is too upset by it. And I like both of the points um, that you're both making that it, 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 I like that. I like what you said there, Matt, that we know these characters already. And so we shouldn't be prepared for what we did get from really seasons one through, can we say five? I guess a little bit, but where we would have to learn a whole bunch of new characters at the beginning of the season, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I think we can all remember that. Like, oh, all of a sudden we're in Dorn. Who are these people? All of a sudden we're learning about these people. Or, you know, um, so that's a very strong point that we can just keep it going. And that's what excited me, too, because I think that they're good at that. I think that those last couple of episodes. So, for instance, if we had no episodes to measure that idea up to i would perhaps be a little wary but Mm -hmm. the fact that i felt that style already and that a lot of people did in the last two episodes of last season makes me feel really comfortable in that because i wasn't you know i'll use the example um aria popping up and uh killing the phrase that annoyed some people because we saw such a slow progression of her journey that for her to just all of a sudden, you know, say, hey, you know, show the guy uh, some money or I'm going to catch this ship. And then the next thing you know, she's gone through, you know, who got gotten a face and how did she get the face and how did she kill this son and that, you know, I, I kind of liked that. Did that throw either of you off? You know, I definitely didn't expect it. I was thrown for a loop. Um, You know, I wouldn't say that it took away, but I I did veer on the side of it felt a little unearned for me. And, you know, having that at the beginning of the next season, you you know, maybe that would have made a little bit more sense at the time. You know, we'll see what happens when the season starts up. Um, But it shocked me a little bit to see that sort of progress so quickly Hmm. so that doesn't worry you that we could be seeing that same type of movement and plot propulsion in all of the remaining episodes we have 
if they start the season that way and it kind of just boom, 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 you know, like a locomotive, I'll keep expecting it. But I kind of felt like okay, it cool. came out of nowhere. I dig it. I dig it. All right. Cool. Cool. Is there anything that you wanted to add to that little tidbit, Matt? Uh, it's just I felt like that they spent so much time with Arya's storyline, getting her to the point where you knew she was going to come home. Um, I actually really enjoyed that surprise. And if, if, like Tracy said, you know, because we only have kind of like a two episode sample, even really for me, it was just a finale that really seemed to pick up the pace. Um, since we only have that as our sample size right now, I'm still kind of reserving judgment. But if, if they can continue to make it compelling the way that was, then I think it'll be great. Cool. Cool deal. Well, another piece of news that came out, and this is kind of a confirmation of what had been spoken of before and we had suspected is that it was confirmed that the last season will be six episodes. Not a huge bit of news. I was kind of hoping that after putting together this season, they may have decided, you know, hey, let's give them some more. (laughs) But uh, it doesn't, that's okay. I mean, I trust them so much. It's okay that, you know, we're going to have what, I guess, is it 14 or 13 episodes left? I think it'll be a total of 13, Axel. And the way I look at it is, originally they were only going to do seven seasons. So really, we're getting three extra episodes is the way I look at it. Ah, okay. Glass half full. There you go. Yeah. Podcast Winterfell, people. That's what I'm talking about. That's a good way of looking at it, man. Yeah. I, I don't... I usually, I'm not, um, like you said about Peaky Blinders, Tracy, I'm not, and which makes me want to watch that show more because Heath keeps on telling me to watch it. I didn't realize that there was only six episodes. I should have Oh, yeah, it's that. totally worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. I, I'm a fan of shorter episodes. I mean, I think, for instance, the Netflix shows are at least three to five episodes too long, all of the dramas, um, whether it's, you know, house of cards or one of the marvel shows i just think it's too much um so i don't really have a problem with less episodes because they do this so well it's just you know you want more but i'm cool with it any any other comp tracy you have any uh any reaction to that no, but I think you should check out Peaky Blinders uh, for sure. <laughs> Peaky Blinders. I do, Podcast I, Peaky Blinders. Yeah, I, I, I really should. I should check it out, you know. Um, all right. Now, the big news that came out recently is the season eight, uh, season seven, I should say, trailer dropped. Now, this is their yearly kind of coming up this season trailer. That was my understanding. But guess what? I don't know because I didn't watch it and I'm not going to watch it, people. Now, that doesn't mean that the podcast is over (laughs) because uh, (laughs) Matt and Tracy watched it. But um, they're going to talk a little bit. uh, No, like I said, no spoilers. I'm trying to I feel like last season I I made uh, a statement. I'm just I'm going to go in. I'm going to read stuff. I'm going to look at the trailers and I'm going to I'm going to immerse myself, listen to every podcast I can. I'm not going to worry about book spoilers or anything. I kind of felt like I didn't have to. But as the season progressed, 
I all of a sudden realize, oh, they're pulling stuff from earlier uh, and they're, and this plot point is coming up. And I kind of at the end of the season, I just felt like I just knew too much and I wasn't, I was look, I was waiting for plot points rather than letting the show kind of wash over me and, and feel like I was like really being a part of it. So I've made that decision. Um, let's go to Tracy first. Cause Tracy, you told us before we started recording that you already regret watching it. Yeah. Um, so I was tempted to just kind of click play and I did. And I didn't see at first, you know, anything that I didn't expect. And a lot of the scenes um, that I saw were what I expected to see. So I'm kind of just going with the flow, like, okay, okay, this is what I expect. And then um, it got to the part where they just start flashing scenes really quickly. (laughs) And I guess that's the stuff that's later in the season that's telling a tale. And, you know, there were two women that flashed that I didn't recognize. So here I go, pausing, scrolling. Uh, you know, I finally find the frame. I look, I recognize one of the women. And then I thought to myself, oh, I didn't expect to see her. And then I'm like, God damn it, Tracy, what are you doing? Close it. Click the X. That's it. You're done. Get out of here. Just enjoy the show. Cool. And I'm done. <laughs> I'm, I'm team no trailer until <laughs> the debut. So, but, okay, aside from the spoiler stuff, which I'm totally, I'm with you there, and I... I know I started laughing because I know exactly what you're taught when they go boom, 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 and then you start pull, and then that's when they're actually laying this stuff. You know, it's like reverse psychology. They put the really shorts. That's the important stuff, you know. Um, but regardless, aside from that, how did you feel just the scope, the maybe even the special effects? Like, what can you... What were your feelings? Did it get you more excited? How did, how did it make you feel? Um, you know, I'm really excited for this season, especially since it, it's so beyond what I've read so far. Based on what I've seen, like, I, I don't know what's happening in a sense, you know what I mean? And I don't, I can't tell when it's going to be in the season, you know, because this person is here or there. I don't know if, you know, if that's early, if that's late, I haven't read this stuff. So I am beyond excited for the season. And it's all things that I kind of hoped would happen or had a feeling might happen. So I'm excited for it, but I don't know which direction it's going to go. Uh, I feel good about it. Uh, as far as special effects, I mean, you get some shots of some dragons, and it's pretty cool. Oh I have no! To say. Wait, spoilers. There's dragons in oh, this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe you missed. Uh, you know, there there are dragons in this show. Um, spoiler alert! Damn. <laughs> How, were they really big? They were really big, weren't they? Mm, you know, they. I noticed them. Okay. Okay. I did hear that. I may have. I may have briefly seen a photo that made me think, oh, my gosh. But uh, I didn't like I I didn't want to look too much. So, Matt, what were your impressions of the trailer? Well, see, I really admire the fact that you guys don't want to watch the trailer. You worry that it's going to give you some clue or you're looking for something specific or whatever. I've always taken it as far as trailers go. And this is why in the past I've even analyzed trailers, not frame by frame, like Bubba and those guys over there at Joffrey of podcasts. But I, I feel like 
they put those out there because they want you to watch them. You know, it's it's not just something to to try and and tell you what's going to happen. They want you to watch them, and I feel like Dave and Dan have gotten so good at hiding most of what the season's going to be about. Um, that the trailers don't really affect me, but I will say that it really did get me excited. Some of the shots. Um, I will also say this: um, if you are very wary of spoilers and and that kind of thing, then maybe you shouldn't watch it because I think that there are some things laid out, even in the first part, um, that give you tips as to who's coming from where and when. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you might you might want to. Think about. I mean, if if you want to be totally spoiler free, then sure, that's fine. I'm just of the opinion that it's like, man, these guys want us to get out there and get us excited for the show. I'm going to watch every second of it. I'm going to look at every second of it, and I did, and I loved it. Well, that I I can respect that. I've done it before. It was. It's just I'm trying it out. You know. I mean, I literally might change my mind as soon as we're done recording. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, and nobody I, will hold it against you if you yeah. do. It's, it's, but uh, and nobody will hold it against you if you decide. No, man, I don't want to know a single shot before I go into this season. That's exciting too, you know. Yeah. That, and well, that's... I have to say. Oh, sorry about that. Um, oh no, go ahead. I just have to say, if you watch it, you know, just don't do what I did. Don't pause. Don't dig. You know, if you just let those fast scenes go by, it's really not going to mean anything to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's. It's just that's hard. That's really hard. Because I know that the history of Westeros did a blog post where they broke it down like shot by shot, and uh, I I linked to it, uh, but uh, I didn't read it. <laughs> I I know I would, I know I'd really get into it, and I yeah, I'm just you know it's just kind of like I'm just doing a little bit like when you know where the Christmas presents are, you know. And they're already wrapped and you can kind of shake them and look at them. Because I think you're right. In a lot of ways, that's what a trailer can be. Um, It depends. You know, like sometimes we don't know, is the marketing department doing the trailer? Are the creators doing the trailer? And those can be different as we've seen. I mean, some film trailers are basically the entire movie. You know? Um, So it kind of depends. But... Yeah, I'm just kind of playing that Christmas vibe with myself. And yes, I'm playing with myself on Christmas. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> um, I'm just just kind of, you know, it's making it more. See, I have a good break here because I'm doing this Leftovers show. I'm really into that, doing that with um, a hustler right now. And then uh, I'm going to his wedding at the end of June. And then it's soon after that I come back and Game of Thrones happens. So I'm kind of like trying to actually, now that it's getting closer, I'm kind of putting it off in my mind, you know, and it's getting me more excited and it's like almost re, I almost feel like I'm going to be like reintroduced to an old friend, you know, that I've kind of forgotten a little bit about. And I could say, oh, hey, look, you know, your hair's gotten kind of gray. You've gained a few pounds. Um, <laughs> so uh, any any other uh, trailer talk? Matt, you want to add anything else about it? or? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think that there's anything I could say that would be, you know, substantially spoilery, but I, I don't want to take a chance. So I, okay. I, 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 I just it. I'm really excited. Cool, cool. Um, all right, so let's get to the meat of what we are here to talk about. And I thought that this would be pretty fun. 
Uh, you know, it was recently announced that HBO um, has commissioned four writers to come up with possible pilot spinoffs of Game of Thrones. And I figured since we have book readers and TV watchers, non-book readers, BRs and NBRs, we kind of go back and forth, talk about, I'll have some ideas about um, TV-based spinoffs, and Matt and Tracy are going to have some ideas about book-based spinoffs. So the four writers, though, Matt had an idea, which is let's talk about these four writers. So these are the four writers uh, that have been contracted. Uh, Max Borenstein, who most recently, I should say, uh, was the writer for Kong Skull Island. Jane Goldman, writer for Kingsman, The Golden Circle. I guess that's the sequel to The Kingsman. Um, Brian Helgeland, uh, he most recently wrote Legend. And Carly Rae, who was a writer on, did a couple of episodes of Mad Men, most recently actually wrote the last episode of The Leftovers. Um, Now, all four of these have done more than that, uh, but Matt wanted to kind of ask us all what we felt about these writers. So, Matt, did you do any, did you look into them, or what are your kind of impressions of uh, these writers? Or just in general, what are you looking for in a person that is going to be kind of taking on this mantle of, which is the, probably the largest, most expensive, most expansive television series in the history of television. Yeah. I, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that when I first read this article and I think I read it at variety.com, um, none of these guys or women jumped out at me at all. Um, like I had put in the notes here, I have only seen like maybe a couple of episodes of Mad Men and a couple of episodes of The Leftovers and Carly Rae is not, uh, wasn't the writer or any of those episodes that I'd seen. Right. And these other things I've never seen legend. I've never seen Kingsman. Um, so, uh, Max Borenstein, maybe I'm a little more familiar with, but the thing is for me is it's like. I think about Carly Rae, and and I hate to say this, but uh, you know the what what was the Kurt Sutter uh, medieval thing? She was a oh, story the editor, executioner. Yeah, she worked on that one too. So I'm like thinking, okay, well, I, I don't know if that was any good or not because I never saw an episode of that either. But it's just like you know, I, it didn't last long. I know that. Um, so I, I don't know what to. I, I was hoping that you guys being more in tune with what's going on with television and movies and things than I am recently, because I just got my head buried in a keyboard all the time, could help me decide who I might be more excited about doing an episode or doing a show like this. Okay, cool. Now, I did do a, a bit of research, but I do want to ask you, Tracy, do you want to do you want to jump in? Do you know much about these people or have you looked into them? Well, I hate to let you down, Matt, uh, but I am in the same boat as you. I have only watched Mad Men and The Leftovers, but unlike you, I've seen every episode of each. Um, The fact that 
she's associated with both those shows, which I consider to be top tier. Uh, that's encouraging for sure. Mm-hmm. But I really can't comment on uh, the first three because I just haven't, I don't think I'm familiar with their work at all. Okay. All right. Well, guess what? I am. So. Yay. <laughs> okay. Thank goodness. Um, so I'll just kind of break it down how I see it. Um, Jane Goldman and Brian Helgeland have a very long history of producing, writing, being very involved in large motion pictures, a little bit of television. Um, Jane Goldman has worked on, I mean, I can't even go through either their credits because they're very long and you'd recognize a bunch of stuff from both of them. Um, So they initially struck me as the more safe options. These are people who know the industry. These are people who know how to produce, how how to be a showrunner as well as a writer. Because I think, I don't think they're just looking for a writer here. You know, most often when you do this, they're going to become the showrunners. I think that Carly Rae and Max, Max Borenstein has the, they both have a very limited resume. Um, Borenstein worked on the Kong movie and he wrote, um, gosh, I could bring him up on IMDb, but he wrote one other film. I think the first, was it the first King Kong movie that came out with, um, oh no, he wrote Godzilla with Brian Cranston. Okay. Okay. And Carly Rae, literally Mad Men and the Leftovers is the highlights of her resume. Um, But my understanding was that she was teamed up with George. Do you guys remember reading that? I, I was under the impression from the Variety article that they were all going to meet up with George okay, to discuss okay. it all. So um, they were going to work with George and Dave and Dan also, but Dave and Dan would not, nor George, none of the three of them would do any writing for the show. So I took it like you, that they're not just looking for a writer for a pilot, but they're also looking for a potential showrunner yeah. for the series. Which is another job, you know? That's, yeah. that is, that's, that is straddling the line, you know, that's like creative and production that's on both sides of it when you're the showrunner. Um, but I thought I had read into something else. It's so hard to tell with this, like George had said something or something that, that, um, that Carly Ray was a bit younger and that she was going to be working with George. And maybe I just assumed that because her resume is not as extensive, Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I'm looking at like IMDB and a little bit of other places and you really don't know sometimes what true experience someone has. Um, but I have to say that my overall impression is any one of these people seems, it seems like HBO is going in the right direction because the people they chose are world builders, right? Oh yeah, that's and good. Yeah. I, I think especially um on the resume of Bornstein, Goldman, and Helgeland, they're definitely that's their thing. And I mean, especially Goldman, 
in particular has a long history of being associated with these kind of large world stories and fantasy and science fiction. So is Brian Helgeland. He he's done a lot of stuff. Um, so I think, I think they're all pretty, I think they're all pretty solid choices, you know? Um, they, I mean, and the, and the stuff they've worked on varies, but it all has, I think quality to it. Um, or at least an attempt at quality, you know, like I would have been a little bit worried if they were getting like the transformers people, you know, I mean, no offense, right. But, uh, you know, and I'm glad that they, I have to kind of say, I'm glad that they didn't dip into the JJ Abrams. Well, with a lot of the guys who did once upon a time or the guys that I just, I'm, I think that's a little more, they kind of, these people are, are a little bit more adult, you know, um, Bornstein, maybe Godzilla and Kong is not that adult, but the, but the perspective that they seem to have taken is, you know? Um, so I'm, I'm actually, I'm pretty, I was pretty excited by this list. Right on. You know, I was just going to say that, you know, you describing them as all working, having worked on, on big projects and world building projects, that makes me feel a lot more at ease with any of them. Uh, because we all know, like, Game of Thrones is one of those television shows that you can watch on a movie screen. And, in fact, they've aired on movie screens before. And people have loved them that way. You know, they're that, they're that big of a show. So you want that same kind of um, attitude going towards all of these uh, new potential spinoffs as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Any, and you want to add anything to that, Tracy? I'm just thinking about all the uh, merchandising opportunities that they're probably looking at, too. When you talk about, uh-huh. you know, world building, it's like, you know, if we want to sell T-shirts and maps and, you know, sigil pillows and tote bags, you know, we need to have an entire world created so everybody can feel like there's something they can relate to within the world. And, you know, they can hit up that HBO store and, uh, you know, wear it with pride. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, but you're right, though, because it does clue you in. And it did. The more I kind of looked into them, the more I thought about it, I thought to myself, you know, maybe they're not just going to do one. You know, maybe they're considering um, like an on again, off again, every six months they're hitting us with a new you know i mean this is the craze with the marvel and dc and now they're i mean they're doing a freaking monsters like an old monsters extended universe with like the mummy and dracula and the swamp monster and i, I did you guys see that announcement yeah no. <laughs> i did i'm like what everything's an extended universe so I kind of thought, you know, now HBO is really good at this, but hey, everybody's everybody's kind of respectable until they're not. So I do hope that it's more along the lines of a singular vision and kind of building a world Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, we got to make sure that we can later sell this property to Disney so it can be the new part of Disney world or something, you know, (laughs) or the game of Thrones world. I do worry about that. Well, and I would worry if they, if they were 
if they greenlit four different series, even if they chose to air them, you know, at different times of the year or space them years apart, I'm worried. I'm a little worried about oversaturation. One of the things that makes Game of Thrones great is the fact that we got to wait 11 months yeah. to see it, right? You know, so um, I, it, it's frustrating in a way, but it's also it builds a lot of anticipation, and I, I don't want to be oversaturated to the point where. Um, it makes me think twice about reading George's next book, be it a Duncan egg or be it a, 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 a the winds of winter or whatever it's, it's going to be, or even the world of ice and fire. You know, it, it's one of those things. I just don't want too much because I'm already, I've, there's already 300 billion podcasts out there. Half of them, not this one or the small council, but half of them don't know what they're talking about. And they just waste my time. If I try to check them out. Um, and, I, I don't I don't need uh, four different kinds of podcasts coming out where everybody's jumping on the train after this series this great series is over and telling me you know what I should think about this particular episode when you can't even pronounce the character's name you know what I'm saying Damn he leaves <laughs> podcast Winterfell and he just free to make fun of all the other podcasts now. <laughs> especially my own i mean my gosh how many times have, you know but we yeah we used to do the whole brain thing yeah. from, the, from, the, from the books no, yeah, i, I feel you audio. know I, I see what you're saying matt it, it could that's what i mean that people are respectable until they're not right like yeah. things can spiral out pretty quick man and but hbo i have to say they have killed shows that have i mean if you went through a list of the pilots that HBO never showed, shelved, right. or or it was produced and then no one ever saw it, and the stars and people that were attached, you it would blow your mind. You hear about it all the time that they did, you know, just crazy stuff that they were like, it's just not good enough. Yeah, so, Game of Thrones could have been one of them, Axel. Yeah. I mean, Dave and Dan had to totally reshoot the pilot. They recast Catelyn. They recast yep. a whole bunch of people. Um, I mean, it was that close to probably never of making it on the air. And boy, that would have been a, a tragedy for all of us. I think. <laughs> it would have been. That's the truth. I will say, you I know do, what? Oh, I go think ahead. The, would be a saving grace is, you know, if there are multiple spinoffs, if they're varied enough, maybe some will appeal, you know, to some taste and others, not so much. So that mm -hmm. way, you know, I, I have the spinoff that I like, but I'm not so much into the other one and that's fine. You know, so yeah. I don't feel, uh, you know, like I, I, I've had my fill of Game of Thrones. You know, I've had my fill of Westeros. I never want to get to that point. So if I can pick the one that I love and I won't feel so bad about leaving the others. That's a good perspective. If it's, you know, hey, we could be it just it could be all quality, you know. Um, yeah. I will say I do want to mention I think it's pretty cool that um, there's two men, two women. I think that George yes. has always been great about equal perspectives or an attempt at equal perspectives. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and I'm interested. I'm just interested to see how they do this. It's really rare that they would even make an announcement like this, you know? Um, so I think that's interesting. And it's pretty it's pretty early too, because we don't even know when we're getting the next season. I mean, we know when we're getting the next season, but not the final season. So who knows when that could be, we could be, they could, they could hold the last season until, you know, December 
2018 or something like that, you know? Or, Shut up. No. Yeah, they, could, they could, you know? I mean, you just, you don't know. I mean, uh, so, yeah. and, and, and actually that could be directly related to when they're ready to drop the spinoff because they want to time it. So let's see. Hopefully this is a, hopefully it's good news. So now that I've brought everyone down, let's get into the fun part. Yeah, let's, get, <laughs> let's get past the how to make the sausage and into the sausage itself. Yeah, exactly. All right. So we're going to just throw it back, talk a little bit, you know, I'll just kind of hand each person the floor and we'll, we'll talk about what we think. So let's start off with you, Tracy. You're going to start us off with your idea for a book-based spinoff. Okay. So, um, and for anybody that only watches the show, don't worry. There's nothing. Uh, I'm, this is something that is definitely not written into the show. So I'm not ruining anything for you. Uh, so Matt, I'm going to say a name to you. Shataya. Do you remember oh. her? <laughs> <laughs> so Shataya is the madam of a brothel that is found just um, right inside of the King's Landing area. And a lot of the storylines connected with that brothel were put onto Littlefinger's brothel and the Roz character. Um, and in this brothel, uh, what you find is, or, or how, so basically you know, the way Tyrion met up with Shay was kind of through this brothel. So that's how the readers needed to know about it. And one thing you find out is that there were secret tunnels that went from the Tower of the Hand and led right into the brothel. So I feel like there's just so many stories that could come out of taking a show and basing it inside this brothel and seeing what these women see and especially the ones that are meeting with the hand of the king or queen who knows what it's going to be that's cool let me ask you this tracy just as, as a question what time period i mean would you want it to be shataya actually because since the show has done so much and put it on to Roz and Littlefinger, i mean it almost have to feel like it was a different kind of, of, of yeah thing. well since she doesn't exist in the show as we know it now, they could do it whenever. I mean, I would love for, like, in my vision, they're using her name and her daughter. Um, Axel, there's a daughter named Alayaya. <laughs> so, Alayaya. You know, you... Love it. Yeah. Uh, go back and so, listen to our Clash of, uh, our Clash of Kings uh, podcast Matt, and how uh, many times I said that name. Like, Alayaya. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I figure, you know, you can just stick her. At any time period you wanted. Yeah. And I like if, that. So if they wanted to carry on from whoever is running things at the end of the story, you know, plop the brothel down there. Who knows if Littlefinger is even going to be alive, you know, right. so you could do that or you can bring it to the past and maybe we can see who commissioned the digging of this tunnel. What last name did they have? Because I'm pretty sure it'll be familiar to us because it was a hand of the king. So, and there's definitely rumors among book readers about which hand that was. I think that's a great idea. And from, from the perspective of a writer, director, that gives you so much to work from. Um, it reminds me, right off the bat, it kind of reminds me of how people described like um deep space nine or um a deadwood where the place is the center 
right? And people pass to and fro. And this way you can have so many interconnected stories. And it would, I think, how about, how, what do you think of this one? Um, how about if it was an anthology type show? Instead of following a serialized plot. Now, I like the serialized stuff. But imagine if they use this just like to tell tales of Westeros, you know, and people pass to and fro. I think that's a pretty cool idea. Now, I don't know anything about that. Obviously, I didn't read the books, but already that's that kind of that's interesting to me. I like that. That's pretty cool. And if we remember from the show, you know, that scene with Pycelle and the prostitute and, you know, he's just running his mouth about all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can only, you know, imagine how people let their guard down in front of these women. And I would definitely say that you would have to have a woman running it because I would really worry about like, you know, the male gaze, like G-A-Z-E yeah. of like turning it into just like a skin flick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well, I was going to say though, I, HBO, that is, I mean, let's be honest here. Game of Thrones has shown a lot yeah. of skin, and so that they would probably be like you know, the guys yeah. in suits oh, they would hit be their check quota, mark. Yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, check mark. No more scene. No more sex position for you, Tracy. You done with that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think it, it would have its place definitely, but I wouldn't want it to become the Red Shoe Diaries. If yeah. anybody remembers that, I, oh, I oh yes, I do. I was a young <laughs> boy, and I remember that. I will okay. speak no more on that one. Um, Matt, any, you want to add anything else to that? I love that idea, Tracy. That's a great one. Cool. I love that. And that would just give me an opportunity to, to, to talk to somebody and say, and you know, Alayaya said this. <laughs> Alayaya. I love that. Um, all right, cool. So I'm up next and mine is going to be pretty simple. I'm talking TV based. So I say, give us a sequel. I don't know how it's going to end. I would hope that they're far enough along now that um, they could pass on the information to one of these four people of whatever they're working on. It would give us an opportunity. It would give an opportunity to still maybe throw a little book stuff in there from histories and whatnot and continue that. Maybe tell flashback stories or whatever. But it would also, I feel, give us TV people a little bit of sense of ownership over what was coming, you know? Um, because the idea of everything being a prequel that's based on previous book material, I mean, I have to say that Better Call Saul has shown me beyond a shadow of doubt that if you do something right, it doesn't matter if it's a sequel, prequel, parallel story or whatever, it's going to be great. You know, I, I had no idea. Oh, who is that? Ooh, I think that was Heath hot rodding down my street. Um, <laughs> I had I had no idea that Better Call Saul would be so great. I I tuned in initially thinking that this was gonna maybe I only last a couple of episodes because I already knew how it ended, you know. Um, so I'm not gonna get too upset about if it's a prequel, but wouldn't it be awesome if after all this book stuff, us NBRs get this big announcement and it's just a plain old sequel, man. They're just continuing the story. I think that would be super cool. Um, but what do you guys think? 
Um, I have a question for you, X. Yeah. Would you want to sort of like recenter the focus if it were a sequel? Like, are there certain because, like, you know how you could sort of pick your principal characters and kind of say like the Starks, the Lannisters, right. uh, Targaryen. They're kind of the the center of the show. Would you recenter it, or would you want those same? Uh, principles to remain well I don't like we don't know how it ends so it's so hard for me to say right but for instance maybe we see okay I don't know say um we get to see uh you know some great grandson of John or something you know Mm. or um we get to see a a minor cat like Sam's great granddaughter or great or granddaughter, you know, um, something like that. Uh, who knows if these houses are still going to be around? Cause we, I mean, literally this, this could work unless of course the last episode of game of Thrones is the entire planet exploding, you know, <laughs> uh, which it could be, you know, I mean, you never know, you never know, right. You just never know. Um, they could fight club this and everything could explode at the end. I doubt that's going to happen, but, um, I just, just in my mind, it's a very broad, I understand, but it just more around, more centered around the idea of kind of putting us all on true, even footing and telling a totally brand new story. And I think it might even be exciting for the book readers and then who knows, maybe, you know, I don't know if George is going to write them into novels because I don't think he's going to live to be 500, but maybe he kind of <laughs> passes on the torch like many other authors have done um, to their to their long stories. So I don't know. I thought it might be cool. I don't know. Matt, what do you think? Well, I, I do like the idea that you placed it far enough into the future um, that you don't have to have the same principal characters because oh, I think okay. it'd be really That's hard to get point. any of those guys to come back. Thank you. Know? you. I'm sorry. You know what? I should have been more. I'm glad you picked up on that. And I, I should, I was thinking it and I didn't say it, which was, yes, I mean far enough that we can recast the whole show. Right. With yeah, new you don't characters. Want- yeah, uh, a game of Thrones, the next generation, but not where they can interlink with each other. Um, I, I, I like that idea. And as long as, as long as you're a place, that's the beautiful thing about, for me, the books is because you have hundreds and even thousands of years of backstory as you're following these main characters that they find out as you go along. And if you were placed the, your show far enough in the future, then like you said, you can have enough, um, you can have a whole new set of histories for those characters to learn and a whole new kind of exploration into the world from that perspective post. Yeah. Um, also, like you said, though, uh, I'd, I'd almost have to see how it ends before I'd, I'd say, yeah, let's do another one just straight from there or, or whatever. But because um, I, I, I've gotten I love this. I have no idea how this thing's going to end. I don't know who's going to die, who's going to live. Um, I know it would make me and Ken very happy if Sansa was the only one left alive at the end. Oh, but that's about so. it. <laughs> oh, and you too, Tracy, probably, right? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Yes. <laughs> oh, I mean, if she doesn't make it, I'll be devastated. Me too. Oh, man, yeah. You guys have real attachment to her from the book. I, I got One day I'll read the books. 
right? Just like I say I'm going to do every other time, but I'm never going to do it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So let's keep it moving, and we're going to go on to Matt, and you're going to bring us uh, a book-based spinoff. Yeah, and it's not stuff that hasn't been mentioned in the show, but there's only snippets of things. For those of us who have read The World of Ice and Fire, there's a, a little bit more information in there for us than for for tv show people although i have to admit that every time i i really encourage people when they're watching the show to get the blu-ray sets and watch those histories and lures because they're so informative and they inform a lot of things on screen that you may not have caught during the airing of the show um definitely but i i i i there there are two things we've heard jora mormont talk about people from a shy and all of this stuff I would love to see what a shy looks like. I, I don't think we're ever going to see it in the books. I don't think we're ever going to see, I mean, other than just kind of brief descriptions, I don't think any of our main characters are ever going to go there. I would love to just explore that world, its culture, um, why certain types of people come from there and, and what it is about that place um, that makes them the way they are. Um, or another historical spot, that I would like to see, um, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm cheating. I'm doing two. I'm oh, pulling that's an right. Anna here. I was just going to um, say you can pull an Anna. <laughs> um, you know, we've heard lots of stories about the Long Night and the first Azora High and all of this other stuff. I would love to see that explored. Uh, the very first war between the White Walkers and and maybe not the whole, maybe leading up to the beginning of the war and through part of the war and and then kind of do what Game of Thrones is doing now, really escalate through to the end. Um, but I would just love to see that story and, and, and uh, the things that we've gotten and a lot of us people in the books have theorized about um, to see that realized. Now, probably be disappointed that my, most of my theories wouldn't work anymore because George would obviously be feeding uh, a lot of this his, these kind of historical things um, to whoever was running the show, just like he's been feeding Dave and Dan. Um, but nonetheless, I think it would be just fun to explore some significant events in Westeros history, not anywhere close to where the current story is happening. Cool. Cool. I, I like both of these and, and I, I like that they're magical cause I like the magical stuff, right? You know, I like that you're looking at this from a magical perspective because that's going to be something interesting too with the spinoffs. One of the things that brought so many people into game of Thrones was the slow build on the magic stuff. You know, and I've spoken to so many people that either I've turned on onto the show or that just started watching it because they it's a new HBO show. And I've some people were like, oh, I didn't realize. Oh, OK, I, I like the way they didn't start off with, you know, the goblins and the dragons right away. You know, um, not that there's any goblins, but um, are there there's goblins, aren't there? Isn't there goblins in the book? <laughs> is there we're not we're not saying oh man i know there probably is but um so that would be interesting i like that matt that's cool i don't you know i know from the blu-rays uh what you're talking about the long night and i love uh a shy i think that that's uh from the what the little the snippets i've heard and i've listened to i think i listened to a podcast that well, I think it might have been History of Westeros did about a shy. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I like that. That sounds kind of cool. That's a cool idea, man. Uh, and, and that's also something that they could also have 
a wide variety of different magical and non-magical characters, you know, and could be about the meeting of those two worlds as our story is now. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I'm sorry. What do you think, Tracy? Um, I have to say that that long night sounds like an awesome idea. I think one of the best uh, book to show scenes is old Nan trying to tell Bran the scary story. And it's all about the long night. And man, that thing was chilling with the ice spiders and, you know, all the babies, you know, born, lived and died in darkness. Like it is freaking scary. So I think that would be, you know, really cool. I like it too, because as everyone knows, I love two things in life, darkness and snow and cold. So here we go. Here comes an Alaska review. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Could they set this this in Alaska? Cool. Cool. (laughs) As, um, so, uh, this does kind of bring my next one, uh, book based. I mean, I'm sorry, non book based TV based is kind of a little bit on the same tip there with the Yashai, which is I've always wondered, and it has been mentioned a couple of times in the TV show. And I don't know, as far as I know, cause I texted and asked Matt before the show started. Um, it, it does, they don't mention a lot in the book, but I'd like to see other parts of this world. Like how about in what's it called? Is it really Southeros? Yeah, yeah, well, Southeros is mentioned a lot in the World of Ice and Fire and um, in um, in some of the books, just in passing references. Um, the TV show, have they mentioned it there, too? Well, they've just mentioned other lands, remember? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Mo- okay, so who was it? Uh, there was a scene when they were in Dorne and someone mentioned about the lands farther up uh, the lands above and far away from Westeros um, the opposite way or something. And okay. I, I don't know if that uh, is, if is, so is it like, so is, have, has there, is there any maps that George has done where these other places are? I don't know. So that's why maybe if we're all kind of wondering, I think it would be cool if there was a story told that took place that was not affected by any of what we see is happening in this story. Right. Because I mean, think about how many different countries and places in the world have long histories of battle and warfare and kingdoms and everything. And then another part of the world was in a totally different frame of mind, maybe even, you know, a different, uh, almost you could say a different century, whether it was advanced or um, more tribal. You know what I mean? So we see right. that in our own world. It'd be interesting to see that in the Game of Thrones world. I like it. What do you and think? there's not that much written about some of those far off places like Yt, I okay. think is one of them and mm-hmm. Ib is one of them so there are all these really cool places that you know George wrote about them but there's not a ton so a writer could really kind of be free to yeah. get creative yeah yeah, yeah. 
even some of those countries over in uh, or, or states or whatever you want to call them over in Essos. I mean, there, there, there's the Lycini. There's, there's a whole bunch of different cultures over there. You could explore any one of those that Daenerys never really passed through. Oh, see, that's cool. Yeah, again, I'm just... Oh, you hear people are cheering. Sorry if you're hearing that, people, but I have my garage door open because it's been hot in Portland. Um, but, um, yeah, I just kind of, again, coming from the perspective of everyone discovering something new together, you know? Uh, and I like that's kind of, if you can feel my vibe coming from the TV angle, which is let's just all go on this journey where me, you know, you might know a little tiny bit or some like fraction of a story from the book or something, but really this is, this is something new. And, uh, I kind of like that. All right, let's move it on to Tracy. This is your, uh, second and last book based, uh, spinoff idea. Okay. So this one actually I thought could be an anthology series. And uh, if anybody knows me, they know that I love the Harry Potter series and I love Hogwarts. And the Hogwarts for adults is totally the Citadel where people are trained to be maesters. So you definitely get to see a little bit in the show. But I think that if you go into the past, you can learn a lot of really interesting things. And a theme that could run through each season would be the man of faith, man of science battle that a lot of book readers kind of feel is brewing under the surface of the whole series. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And I think uh, there's some stuff in the Citadel that could be really cool, like uh, learning what each of the links mean in the maester's chain um how do they go through the process some people go there and they're very young other people are older some people can't pass their tests um some people that go there are highborn some people are poor so you kind of have this you know really diverse cross-section of people except the fact that they're all guys right going there to study but for all different reasons and then sort of learning about the, as you know, science and medicine as it exists in that world. Well, hey, you say they're all guys. And I instantly remembered something that I may have invented in my own brain, which is, wasn't there a story of, a, of like a maester who was a woman? Wasn't there a story of someone who pretended am, or is, am I picking on something? Am I mentioning something that I have no idea about, Matt or Tracy? No, that is. That exists. Okay. But I didn't want to, you know, I, okay. I'm not sure what people know or don't know. So, you know, the right. party line is guys only. Okay. But I was going to say that again is something that we have found many times in our history, right? Where women, mm-hmm. ha- I mean, you know, Yen- isn't that what Yentl is all about? Come on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you could literally um, lift something from the books, perhaps, to have a woman maybe even as a central character trying to navigate through this, this Citadel world interesting, and keep her identity. The thing I love Tracy is the fact that you and I both know that the Citadel is ever bit as political as King's landing, right? Mm -hmm. So there, there can be a lot of, if, if the people who are drawn to game of Thrones 
were drawn in because of the political intrigue that was happening during season one and even season two. Um, that would be a perfect uh, set piece to play a lot of that kind of stuff out too. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really reveal too much, Axel, but a lot of people kind of feel like if you if you look at the role that the maester plays in the household, you know, they're advising the, you know, the, the main person in the house, you know, should I do this? Should I do that? You know, they will consult with the maester on major decisions. So some people believe that the Citadel when they want people to behave a certain way, we'll just say, look, advise them against war, no matter what, advise Uh, them to go to war, no matter, you know, so they can kind of control opinion without ever outwardly saying so. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty cool. Again, something that happens in real life, (laughs) right? (laughs) Excuse me. Um, That's cool. And, You know, that makes me think about something, which is uh, scope. Game of Thrones is um, the television show as we know it, right? And A Song of Ice and Fire has such a large scope and the stakes are so high. Could it be interesting to have a show where the stakes were not that super high? You know, where it wasn't the life and death of... Uh, so many people immediately, but where we saw more of that inner workings and even like I started to think of an idea of, like you said, like uh, um, almost like a Harry Potter like story, but Harry Potter, the stakes are huge as well, too. Right. Because he's like the <laughs> super boy, but like someone just learning about themselves and navigating this world like I'll, let me ask you both. Would you be disappointed if if the spinoff didn't have huge stakes like that? If it was a smaller story, if it was perhaps more emotionally dramatic and less plot based as far as like a Red Wedding or a Battle of the Bastards where it was more like, oh, could you believe when that person and this person had their confrontation where they were really just speaking about their feelings, you know, um, how would that make you feel Matt? If the stakes were, were much less, uh, that's an interesting question. And I honestly don't know how I would react to it. Seeing it, if it was really well done, sure. I mean, that'd be fine. I'd be fine with that. Um, my, my main concern again, uh, Dave and Dan have done just such an excellent job with the exception of just one small issue that I have with them, uh, then, uh, well, not such a small issue. Let's face it, folks. I quit the, I quit watching the show over it, but, uh, but I'm just saying that if it's well done, if it's no matter what kind of flavor it takes, as long as it's as well crafted as what Dave and Dan have generally done, then I probably would be on board with it and have no problem with that. But I'm, I do feel like that that kind of loses the spirit mm. of what drew readers to George's work in the first place. And the fact that, you know, uh, what is it? it's the end of it's the end of chapter one and the end of the first episode that brand gets thrown out a window. I mean, how do you recover from that when you're reading a book? Right. Yeah. So, uh, well, also it's, I, it's Kings and Queens at like, 
the stakes are high. We're not we're not telling like a season long story about a uh, like a kid and and his experiences, you know, right. right who lives right outside of Winterfell or something. And he, and and the big episode three is about how they're gonna like get the grain. Yeah, you know, and I I don't have any problem <laughs> with that. It's just that <laughs> I, I, it's just <laughs> it's just that uh, I feel like it loses kind of the spirit of what it's intended to be a spinoff of Game of Thrones. I feel like you don't have to necessarily have the stakes be as high, but you do have to have some really big stakes in it in order for it to be in the spirit of this series. Cool, cool. What do you think, Tracy? Yeah, I'm sitting here trying to think, you know, could you have almost like a workplace comedy style show uh, set in this world? You know, like when you're when you as soon as you said small stakes, I thought, you know, Parks and Rec, right? Oh, like here's yeah. a really great show where, you know, they'll take something like, you know, we have to, you know, put up a monument to honor like the first person to, you know, do this one thing in this town. And it's like a three episode arc and it's completely, you know, poignant and funny and great. And you learn more about everybody. So like you can do this type of stuff, but does it fit? You know, like will people... Will will people tune in the second episode, or will they just feel like, what what is this? This is not the world. It would it would take huge cojones, and to stack a theory on a theory, which I've never done in my life before, never. Um, that was a joke, but. Uh, if they if, imagine we was just letting that sit like you were the straight <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, it's harder on a podcast. Um, imagine if they took the idea of doing more than one, and one of them was huge, and one of them was small, and you didn't have that stakes because it's you know I mean I think a funny example of this that was kind of, that I remember from back in the day is remember when they had like. What was that little the before um, the new Star Wars and George sold it to Disney and everything? Before that, there was like, wasn't it like Darth Vader and he worked at like Seven Eleven or like a supermarket? Do you remember that? I don't. It was like a it was like little comedy webisodes that it was like on the early days of like webisodes, and it was like mark vader like darth vader's brother or something like that and he worked at like <laughs> he worked at like a shop right and they oh were like God. i gotta look that up you know now, like he, he, was, he was they were like they would stack the soup you know and then he would come by and go like and like two of them would fly off and they'd be like mark vader stop it dude we know you have the force okay use it to check more people out get to aisle five we need to clean up or so it was like kind of like, I'm not saying that they should do that with Game of Thrones, but um, because it's so dramatic. But even if they did more of a dramatic story set in this world is what I'm saying. It just kind of opens up different possibilities of something that is more like um, an emo- emotional, even just one season, just like eight or eight to ten episodes of an idea. Uh, like that, you know, I, I don't know. I just thought it would be cool, but I like, I really like, uh, that Citadel idea. Um, because yeah. that, that, that is, again, I like the magic stuff and you're, there's so much you could do with that. The other thing is that you could constant, you could have 
since that is the nexus of the maesters, you could jump anywhere that they are, mm-hmm. you know, and that's really cool. Yeah. I like that. That's a, that's a, that's a cool idea, Tracy. Um, so I'm just going to, um, this is my, my final one. I'm just kind of going in reverse of my original, which is a uh, prehistory that hasn't even been mentioned in the books. Like mm-hmm. jump back. 10,000 years or something, you know, um, before, I guess the earliest we know is of like, what is it? Like the Andals and the first men and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, they talk about like the, they have a bronze age and an iron age. So they kind of only mention it, but there's very little detail. So go there. We have the world. Um, would we really be would they have to really make changes like, you know, they didn't have fire then? No, they could still do it. You know, they can use a lot. They might even be able yeah. to use sets and stuff like that, you know, or locations, you know. Um, but tell a, a a story that completely predates this. Again, putting us on even footing. Um, and then they could they could even once it's the story's over they could somehow have it relate to the ending. If you know what I mean, you know, because Mm -hmm. oftentimes endings put the whole story in a different perspective. So I thought that might be kind of cool to go like to prehistory of what we know, uh, in the books. What do you think, Matt? Well, you wouldn't be in Westeros. I know that. Um, because the only thing in Westeros that we do know in history is the fact that the children and the giants and all of those other creatures were there first and then men came over. So it'd be over in Essos before they crossed over, uh, would be the only way you could avoid total, uh, running into history somehow. And you've still got that end point of, well, when do the, when do the first men come across? Um, but, uh, you could expand on the, the vagueness of the, the history um, before, I guess, the, the, the first long night really is probably the first thing that, that seems to be concrete in everybody's mind, at least in the North, uh, among the first men descendants. Um, but I, I, I mean, I like the idea. I would be happy to be in Essos seeing the first men running around having their own little wars there and then just bringing it over at the very series finale yeah. saying, Hey, let's go over there. Yeah. Let's go over cool. there. Right. Yeah. I like that. Cool. What do you think, Tracy? Um, Matt, what does age of heroes mean to you? That's like brand the builder, right? And yeah, to me, that's, that's, uh, that's kind of like in that first men and all era is what I think of it as. Right. Okay, because that's a, like the the sort of story is that's how the wall was built, right? Um, and that's kind of like all myth. So that would be kind of like an end point, maybe if you're if you're trying to go way, way, way back, and that could kind of like bring it home into like okay, wow, there's the wall, like that's an anchor into yeah. into you know, quote unquote, today. That's true. That could work. Cool, cool beans. All right, Matt. You are going to finish us off with your final uh, book-based spinoff. Yeah, I, I actually, 
Uh, Tracy, thanks for stealing my thunder because I, I put down a, a kind of look at the history of Hotel Town, and I, I was thinking the Citadel actually when I wrote that. I wrote it kind of vague when I wrote it into the notes. Um, oh. Or the building of the high tower, or even, uh, and this is something just specifically from the books that I don't know will ever get mentioned in the television show, but Battle Isle. How did that come about? What was the battle? You know, that kind of thing. Maybe just a, a one season uh, history lesson, you know? What's Battle Isle? Uh, it's the place where the high tower. You remember that shot um, where the the I guess it was in the season finale that huge tower that Sam mm-hmm. and Gilly were looking at. Yeah, um, that is allegedly built upon this place called in the books called Battle Isle, and nobody knows what battle took place there or why it's called Battle Isle. That's pretty cool. That's that's it. I like the idea of something so little like that becoming a larger story you know maybe just a larger story or even if it's just like a a, a one-shot miniseries yeah. hbo says oh wait hey we've got this we got this thing going where we can do three or four seasons now we we, we still want to keep the thing active so let's schedule this miniseries for just this part or whatever I, guys i think they should just hire us you know that's what i think at the uh, listening to this these are some good ideas what do you think of uh what do you think of this tracy yeah, I have to say that I do not remember Battle Isle at all, but I think that the high tower is super interesting and I'm like actually going to look into Battle Isle tonight before I go to bed cuz I want to know where uh what book is it from? Do you remember? Uh now I got that out of the World of Ice and Fire. Oh, okay. So I'm going to I have that. So I'll I'll take a peek at it cuz I'm curious now. Um, cause I think that area is really interesting. See, like the world of ice and fire isn't a book that you can just kind of read cover to cover. No, you know, you have to kind of look for something and it's, then it's more kind of like it. an encyclopedia almost yeah. the way I treat it. Um, and, uh, I, I love, I love the idea that you're looking into that. Um, a podcast that you and I, I'm sure both listen to like Lucifer means Lightbringers, uh, mis- mythology or mystery of I- uh, magic of, a Song of Ice and Fire, what was it? Ancient Astronomy and History of Westeros. I think they've both covered a little bit of that stuff, but only gleamed from what's in the world of Ice and Fire. And I think there's just, even the in the passage in the world of Ice and Fire, and Axel, this is, no, uh, this is not really a spoiler, because the maester who's writing this book says, we don't know what happened at the Battle, at the, at battle Isle. You know, or why it's called that. So that's it's lost to history. So that's another one of those kind of like prehistory, not in the books uh, things for you there, maybe. I like it. I think that's pretty cool. Cool. All right. This has been awesome. Now, I have one final question. I'm going to surprise you with it. What is one thing, book-based, not book-based, whatever, that you hope they don't do? that you would be kind of disappointed if this was the announcement. Tracy, are you, does one come to you? Whoa, that they won't, you're saying in this, oh, like as far as a spinoff. Yeah, yeah. Like if they oh. announce this, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be like, oh, I hope they don't do that. But they're doing um, it. You know what? I kind of hope they don't do the Night's Watch. Like I don't want to spend a whole season up there. You know, I don't know. I'm just not. Too many rapey dudes, huh? Yeah, like I'm just not into being there full time. And look, I've enjoyed plenty of episodes up there. 
I have tons of affection for Pip and Gren. Like, I was a mess when we had to say goodbye to them. But I've had my fill, (laughs) and I'm ready to move on. I can, you know, I can feel you on that one because it seems like something that right away is really interesting. But when you start thinking more about it and even the way they've portrayed it, it's not a great place to be. It's not, it's dour and really, I mean, depending, well, what kind of history are you talking about? Like just the whole history of it? You know, if. If they, I mean, who knows what what's going to be left of the Night's Watch in the future. So let's just say going backwards. I mean, it seems like there was a lot of pride in being part of the Night's yeah, Watch. that's what but I kind of just, say. You know, it just kind of sounds like the military. Okay. And uh, I don't know. It's freezing. Nobody's comfortable. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. I'd rather not. Let's okay. just put it like that. <laughs> uh, okay, Matt. What is something that you hope they you hope they don't do? Uh, this is funny because I think George was hinting around about the possibility of spinoffs maybe even as long ago as like two years ago. And he, was say, he said in a certain interview that they were talking about uh, whether they were going to do uh, if people would like to see Robert's Rebellion done or not. And that is one thing I do not want to see. I love these characters as they are on screen and as I have them in the books now. I don't mind them recalling different battles and whatever that happened during Robert's Rebellion, but I don't want to see that show. I I won't watch if I see that show because I feel like there's never going to be as much intrigue in it as there is for me uh, trying to piece things together in the books. It's part of what makes everything fun. Right, Tracy? Doing the math? Yeah, I think they've given us enough breadcrumbs for us to really put it together. We know how we know the order of events already, mm-hmm. you know, and yep. if somebody wanted to know it, that is a show watcher, they could pick up the books, right? Like it's already there, in my opinion. If they wanted to do a short little animation, uh, you know, in the beginning, kind of like those little extras. I'd be cool with that, you know, something just kind of nice. But people have done that on YouTube, I've seen. People uh-huh. have kind of, like, animated their own thing. I mean, it's it's already out there. I agree with you. It's done. Yeah. I, uh, I That's what I was going to say, Matt. That's oh, ex- I stole your thunder. Sorry. It's <laughs> totally fine, bro, because we're on the same page. I f- and I will extend it to the lifetime of any of our characters yeah. that we've seen. Um, yeah, who wants to see an old brand? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see that. This is their story. Leave it alone. And Robert's Rebellion is part of it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, and we've seen snippets of it. What are they going to go get those actors? It just, no, I don't want to see it. I think it's an awesome story. I know there's much more to it um, that I, as a non-book reader, don't know, but I don't really care i i i like i like um i like this idea of from a from a tv perspective of who was Rhaegar and you know like this the battle of the trident and stuff like that you know that whole thing i i kind of it kind of works that we that that's the you know like that's the that's the uh grunge of their of the new generation that we see, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. You catch my drift. 
Like that's yeah. kind of like their nineties. <laughs> if right. And for, yeah. like when we were kids was the sixties. Right. Yep. So yeah. I like that and I want it to stay like that. I don't need to see more of it. And exactly what you said when you said the breadcrumbs and, you know, putting it together. I like that. Just leave it alone. And it's too easy. Right. Yep. It's like too easy. Book readers know about it, of course. And the non-book readers have all heard about it and know that it's like the number one thing. Um, so I hope that they don't do that. Um, but there's a ton of other things that we haven't mentioned that if they did do, whether it's when uh, the story of the um, the story that uh, Arya talks about, how, um, what she names her uh, wolf, Nymeria, right? About mm-hmm. and she rode a dragon, right? Do I remember that correctly? Is yeah. that, isn't that the story of them coming over with the dragons and like, there's so many other things we didn't mention that could be that they could do, um, from books and stuff. But I, I like the ones you both chose because th- that, those got me interested and I was, it made me feel you didn't mention a lot of these kind of things I had heard of and you took perspectives, uh, that I really thought were pretty cool. So good job. You too, man. We like your ideas too, man. All right. This is Podcast Winterfell, where we all tell each other we had a good goddamn podcast. (laughs) Kids show. I like it. Oh, sorry. Goddamn, it's not that bad. I can can edit it out, Matt. Maybe I'll add a beat. Maybe I'll add you saying kids show when I say it. Yeah, there you go. Just. Give it a little button there and just keep it around whenever uh, exactly. whenever you're doing the initial reactions. Kid show. I like that. I like it. All right, cool. Um, so thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, Tracy, is there anything that you'd like to say or go out on? Uh, no. I mean, this is making it really easy to not have Game of Thrones on in May. Um, so it's nice to kind of talk about it a little bit because I'm certainly ready for it, but, uh, come July, I'm going to be raring to go. Definitely. All right, Matt. Yeah. I, I, I'm just reminded of of when I was younger and, uh, I'm so excited about Game of Thrones that it reminds me of when I was younger and, and my mom used to tell me, don't play with those swords and all of this stuff. Don't play with dragons and all of this stuff. That was last week. Oh, mm-hmm. I know my mom says the same thing, man. But I was like, I'm playing Zelda. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) Zelda's great. Um, Yeah, well, everybody, thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, share the podcast with your friends. Uh, Winterfell Pod on Twitter. Podcast Winterfell at gmail.com. Check out dvrpodcast.com. Find out all about the other podcasts we're doing. Um, Aaron and I are covering The Leftovers. That's The Leftovers DVR. We just have two episodes left. Actually, I'm going to check out tonight's episode after we're done recording. Um, we got Westworld. Westworld Theorycast. Westworld is coming back in 2018, baby. Can't wait. Um, and, of course... Game of Thrones is coming back, and we're going to be giving you three episodes per week. Heath and I are going to give an initial reaction on Sunday night. DJ Tim Hines is going to be doing a call-in show on Talk Shoe on Monday. And later in the week, 
Tracy, Mike, and Donald are going to be bringing us kind of a rewatched, uh, more uh, more educated perspective <laughs> uh, of what happened because they're all book readers too. Yeah, no so, pressure. That's interesting. I like that. So we're going to be giving you three episodes a week. That's how much it takes. to. Re- it takes six people to replace one mat, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the truth. There you have it. So thanks again for listening. Give us a review. Send us an email. We can't do it without you. And until next time, this is Axel signing out. We'll see you then. Aragales. Yeah, baby. That was awesome. You've been listening to Podcast Winterfell. Find the podcast blog at podcastwinterfell.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter, twitter.com slash winterfellpod. Contact the podcast by calling 314-669-1840 or by emailing podcastwinterfell.com at gmail.com.